it's been kind of gloomy and it was cold and my wife had surgery and we'd just been kind of laying low the last couple weeks and it was raining yesterday and we've got Netflix. Anybody heard of it? That's good. If you said no, I might be a little worried. But uh, maybe that's a good thing to not know what Netflix is. So we came across the Karate Kid. Does anybody remember the Karate Kid? Not the original, the remake with little Jaden. Some, some of y'all, that's, that's the only version you know, like my children. And as Jen was saying, we've got Chloe, Caleb, Colton, Kaylee. They're all C's. It was a genius idea to name them all C's. And they're eight, just recently turned seven, six. Oh, Lord. No, they're nine, eight, seven, and four. Way off. Anyway, need more caffeine. And so I'm like, hey, guys, The Karate Kid is one of the best movies of all time. Do you want to watch it? I never stop and watch movies. And I thought maybe I'll, like, not look at social media and not, like, post stuff about church for a couple hours and actually spend time with my kids. So, so I did that. It was crazy how, how awesome it was, Nate. We watched a movie together. Isn't that, isn't that funny? Does anybody watch movies in here? You guys are looking at me like, what's a movie? Netflix movies. They recently expanded their their list. It's a much better selection than 10 years ago when the movies were no good. Anyway, so we, we, we pop open The Karate Kid. And what's funny about The Karate Kid is I've seen the original 900 million times, David. I've seen it so many times. I pretty much know the movie because everybody wanted to be Daniel LaRusso back in the day. But they didn't know about Daniel. They just knew about Jaden or whatever. What was his name, Michelle? She don't remember. Whatever is, we'll call him Jaden Smith. He was the karate kid. And so we're watching the movie, and as every scene came on, I'm like, I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen here. Oh, do you see how they redid that, Michelle? Oh, do you see how they took that from the original? And they, oh, they just turned it here. Instead of wax on, wax off, it was, it was hang the coat on the coat hook, take the coat, throw it on the floor. Oh, do you see how, how instead of, uh, you know, getting, getting thrown down the hill on the bicycle, instead of like Daniel Russo getting thrown down the hill by the, by the Cobra Kai's, instead they were out doing like a dance band practice and the kids beat them up there and then they're street dancing and, they, and they, they're a lot more violent in this one. And I was like, man, this is not karate. This is mixed martial arts that, that this karate kid's doing. They were doing like Matrix stuff, floating, grabbing, doing a little WWF mixed in there. I mean, it was like all over the place. And it was like 10 years ago, evidently, this film came out. We're just now seeing it for the first time. But see, I knew every step of the journey before the kids did. So what was fresh and new to them was expected to me. I knew it from the beginning. I knew what to expect because I had been there before and I had seen the journey. And it was, you know, I was disappointed, Cameron. There was no, finish him. There was none of that. It was like some other finishing mood. Anybody remember the crane kick? Am I the only crazy in here? The crane kick. You know it's the most realistic finishing move of all time. That would work. That would work. In a, street, in a street fight, you just, just stare him down. Just stare him down. I don't know if you haven't seen the new one, but in the new one, he was pretending to be a snake. And he was like. And then the guy's like, what? Boom. Finished him. Game over. Jaden Smith wins the fight. But, but I'm just like, you know, kids, this is not real. And anyway, the point of the, the, point of the illustration is that I knew the steps before they did. Just because they didn't know what was going to happen doesn't mean they weren't laid out ahead of time, you know. And 
Part of becoming who God made us to become is believing you are able to become that which he set before you. If you don't believe that you are able to become what he wants you to be and has planned for you to do with your life, how will you ever do it? Even if you take God out of the equation, how will you ever do anything if you don't think you can? If you don't believe your business will succeed and you don't think it's worth trying, guess what will not succeed? Your business. If you don't believe your marriage will work and it's not worth trying, guess what will not work? Your marriage. If you don't believe being a good dad is going to do anything for those kids and so you just rather not, guess what's not going to work? Being a bad dad being a good mom, a bad mom, on and on. It takes belief first to motivate, to know that something will come to fruition before it happens. We see a common pot, a pattern with David in the life he lived, that he lived as he was, not as he was to be titled first. He didn't wait to receive the title before he already acted with confidence. He was slewing bears and, and uh, snakes and all kinds of things in the sheep herd before he was king, he was already equipped for battle before they said he was equipped for king. You with me? And so it's the same with us. God knows your future. He knows your destiny. But if you don't believe that you can be what God has ordained you to become, there's a gap. We don't want the gap. We want to Fill it. We have to act now. And if we are not able to believe and take action towards what God is calling us to become, we can never become it. Like the Karate Kid. My movie series is next week. But just to point it out, if he didn't believe he could grow through the training, he sure wasn't going to beat the Cobra Kai's at the end. David did not wait for the title to show the heart of a king. He had the heart for God back in the sheep field. He led with integrity. He had a heart of someone that God could use and promote to a higher purpose. God wants to use you, but you have to be usable. And if you're not believing that you can be used and you restrict God from taking you somewhere, then how do you think he's going to get you there? He doesn't snap his finger because he doesn't have hands. The right, he was seated on the right hand of God. It's figurative, people. It's a place of authority. I just threw that in, though, in there. I got issues. I got issues. People say, the right hand of the scripture, the right hand of God. God doesn't have hands. God is a spirit. God is omnipresent, omnipotent. Jesus was the place of authority in the plan of redemption from the beginning, seated at the right hand. I digress. David's cultural ordination was not his spiritual ordination. Does that make sense? When the culture said, you're ready, God said, you've been ready. You don't wait for the culture because they're always behind. They're like, they're, like, um, they're like pop music overseas. They're always behind. They're like Christian music from 15 years ago, trying to do pop rock music. Nick, you don't even know. But when I was your age, the music scene in the Christian world was just coming afloat to be cool, you know? Not that Christian was not cool, but it was more gospel. And when the Christian artists started trying to do like, like rock music, it just wasn't good. It's like, don't do that. It was behind in the times. Oh, I could go into music theory right now and just make a mess, but I won't. Anyway, everything's one, four, five. Kumbaya, my Lord. No, we don't want that. It took 15 years to evolve into something more than that one, four, five, kumbaya thing. But David's 
cultural ordination was late compared to when God spiritually ordained him. And God spiritually has ordained you from the beginning, before you were even conceived or born. Before you were even thought of in your parents' eyes, God knew how many hairs would be on your head. And so his plan for you never changed. It's just the world will eventually catch up if you stick with it. But you got to stick with it. And David was consistent. He stuck with it. Are you waiting today on God to endow you with the title of your called purpose? Or are you acting out of what God has already put in you to do? Are you waiting or are you using right now what God's put in you to do? Instead of seeking, I'm seeking, I'm waiting on God to give me direction. I'm seeking your, my purpose. Maybe your purpose has already found you and you're living it right now. Well, I'll truly manifest my purpose when this happens. Maybe it's happening right now. We're in it. Hindsight's 2020. We're in it. And we don't want to wait till it's over to recognize we were in what we asked for all along. You with me? Does that make sense? Are you waiting or are you letting out what God put in you right now? It's just a matter of time before others acknowledge what God has already created you to become. It's, it's just a matter of time before the world knows what 1C Church is, that God already put in position for what it shall become. It's just a matter of time what David shall give as his testimony to others who suffer with different situations because God already put it in him to make that his ministry already. You can clap for that. Everybody has a ministry it doesn't have to be with a microphone to have a ministry. You're, my dad ministers to the neighbors. Like, every time I see him talking for more than five minutes, I know he's talking about the Bible because that's the only thing he talks about more than five minutes. Dad's been over there five minutes, Nate. Um, he's talking about Jesus. Yeah, and that's his gift. He's an evangelist at his heart, and that's his gift. And that's what we need. The church moves through the body. The body is you, people. No body, no church. The church isn't this building. This church could go somewhere else. It would still be the church. It's the body. It's the body. It's just a matter of time. We're going to look at, so if y'all weren't here for the rest of the series, I'm just going to touch on it real quick. We touched on the oil of expectation where when David was anointed to be king by Samuel the prophet, just a boy, uh, they laughed at him. And so God had this oil in him that was to be released later, but from the beginning. And the question was, will we rise to the occasion to release the oil God has put in us? And if we're willing to release the oil, the next step is typically, unfortunately, a battle because adversity creates triumph. And so we talked about battling bigger things. David was anointed. Oh, it's all good. Look, he got the crowns. He's coming. He's going to be the king. And now he's going to beat up Goliath. He's testing the integrity of his faithfulness. It says it was a man after God's own heart. How big is his heart? Let's see. David says, I'll go slew the Philistine. And he did. And we talked about that through this journey of purpose, you're going to fall off the road sometimes. You're going to fall off the wagon sometimes. And even David, at one of the pinnacles of his, his kingship, he fell hard. And we talked about falling short, where David made one of the biggest mistakes of, of impregnating another man's wife and then killing the man on top of it. We talked about covering up one silly mistake with another mistake, which never works. But David rebounded, and David continued to be used by God because even in his weakness, God knew his faithfulness 
to do God's will. And that's what it's about. So today, which is not in chronological order, we're going to jump back now to the final week here and talk about when David became king, when he was crowned king. And we're going to jump to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 1 through 5. It says, Then all the tribes of Israel came to David of Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. We see it in you, David. We can be led by you, David. You know why, David? Because you've been leading us to begin with. You've been our leader. And now we're publicly acknowledging it. And they said in verse 2, Also in the past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out. You were the one who did it, not Saul. And brought them in. You led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to you, you shall shepherd my people and be ruler over Israel. God already seen the movie. He's already seen the karate kid. They're just now watching it for the first time. You with me? They're just now watching it. God said, I I wrote that movie years and years ago. Verse 3, therefore all the elders of Israel came to the king of Hebron and King David and made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord and they anointed David king over Israel. They anointed David. It didn't say God anointed David. You know why? Because God already anointed David. David was 30 years old. How many know the Bible uses numbers for a reason? Guess who else was 30 years old when he started his ministry? In fact, guess what every high priest was when they started their ministry? 30 years old. Isn't it funny that Jesus was 30 years old when he started his public ministry? Here we are, David, being crowned king at 30 years old. I thought that was cool. Verse 5, in Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned, get this, in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all of Israel and Judah. Guess who died in Jerusalem at 33 years of age? Jesus Christ. You know there's a comparison between the old and the new? Did you know the New Testament is the spiritual revelation of the old physical testament? We don't need to go to wars and and sacrifice all all the lambs and everything because Jesus was our spiritual lamb in the New Testament. The new covenant is the spiritual answer to the old covenant that was in the, in the earthly. So there's a correlation in all this matters. And David's life was very similar to Christ in a lot of ways because of the faithfulness to follow the will of the Father. The title of today's message is Destiny Revealed. Destiny Revealed. Look at your neighbor, tell him, I'm not willing to wait on my destiny. I'm living it right now. I'm not willing to wait on my destiny. I'm living it right now. Come on, somebody, if you believe it. It doesn't say destiny created. It says destiny revealed, which means destiny already existed. It was just revealed to who? The people. He was already king in the eyes of God. And what was happening is it was taking shape. It starts taking shape you know when the baby's born and it's just kind of looks at you all you moms the baby eat sleep eat eat sleep puke change my diaper I'm talking like early first few days old and then the baby's life starts 
taking shape around maybe six months, they kind of start laughing. They start smiling. And then by one, they're crawling. My kids with like a year and a half old. Get off the floor, guys. Can you walk yet? Come on, somebody. They're still crawling at 15 months old or whatever. And by two, they're toddlers. They're walking. They're running. All of a sudden, they're, they're young children. And then they're singing at church. And it's really, it's really funny how the prayers in the beginning start taking shape nine years later. The prayers in the beginning that God touched my child in a way that they would be an example, not a follower, that they would lead, not follow the ways of the world. And we got a long ways to go, God. So the prayers are going to keep coming, God. But right now I see things starting to take shape with my children and your children too. What you prayed for when they were born takes time to take shape. It doesn't change that God had a plan for them to come out the way they did, but it takes time for it to unfold and take shape, especially before other people notice or give it any credibility. Trust me. The first kid, nobody thinks you know what you're doing. By the fourth kid, you're a professional. You know what you're doing. Thank you, nurses, the hospital. Been here four times. I know I'm just the dad. Well, you shouldn't hold your baby. I got four kids. I know how to keep them from choking, okay? Trust me, I got a choking paranoia. I don't need any more nurse advice on how to keep my fourth child. I don't have damage. I don't have baggage here. St. Luke's, they're the best. Love them. <laughs> they took away the hot chocolate machine. Anybody have, ever had a baby at St. Luke's Hospital? Anybody? St. Luke's out in Chesterfield? They had the hot chocolate machine, Bobby. That's really what, Lisa, they had a free hot chocolate. And by baby number four, they took that thing away. What am I supposed to do? Give me my hot chocolate for this $3,000 bill. Give me my hot chocolate. Anyway, we didn't have no more kids there. We didn't have no more kids. That was really the issue. But it wasn't there because we didn't have any more. Anyway, when you desire to pursue a goal, it doesn't happen overnight. It has to take shape. You don't go, oh, I want to pursue this. And the next morning you wake up and there it is. You know that stuff never lasts, the get-rich-quick schemes. You know, the, the, in 24 hours you can play like Stevie Ray Vaughan on the guitar and never touch the thing. You know, no, it's not true. It takes time to take shape. But what you do have immediately is vision. You have a vision. And people with visions believe in taking steps. Because when you have a vision, you have motivation. And David was motivated by the vision God gave him. He knew God would come around according to his promise. And if you're not willing to have a vision and let it take shape naturally, then you lose motivation. And when you lose motivation, you want to quit. Because when you feel burnt out, then it becomes a chore. But when you have vision, work is fun. When you're pursuing something you love and you're bleeding and sweating and getting sick or whatever, and sometimes you need to pull the brakes back. But, but when you're pursuing something out of vision, there's fulfillment in that because you know it was meant to be. And so David was willing to go to his grave for the Lord because he had a vision for God's heart on his life. It takes small steps to make big leaps. Quit trying to jump across the stage. Just take a few steps first. Quit trying to build a mega church before you have a church. It takes steps. You have to build pillars of support before you can hold a foundation that heavy. 
It has to take shape. And David was willing where others wouldn't. That's why God chose him, the baby, the last one of the sons of Jesse. Are you willing today to put in the sweat equity to see God's return on your purpose? Are you? It's a heart thing. Show what's in your heart and God will do the rest. It's in the video. It's in my core of thinking. That's why it comes out. Show thyself approved because what's in your heart shows in your behavior, in your actions, in your faithfulness. David was willing. I'm not waiting on my destiny. I'm living it right now. If we jump over to Acts real quick. 13, verse 21 through 22, he says, And afterward they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, he raised up them David as king. It says he, capital he, when he, God, removed Saul. God will make adjustments to make it so when you think it can't happen. Well, Saul's a king and he's not going anywhere. God says, I will pluck out the thorns in your road and make your path straight if you just believe that I will do so. Take step, see the vision, and it will happen. God removed him. He raised up for them David as king, to whom he had also gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all everybody say all my will well even on the weekdays oh come on Dave just on Sundays we want to be good Christians come on man come on he will do all my will not my Sunday will or my Saturday will you know God doesn't operate on time you know there is no time with God you know, the, you know the, the, the plan of Jesus was referred to as, as, as the word because it was related to time and space, and I'm getting all theological on y'all, but other than the plan of redemption to happen according to God's timing, God doesn't operate on a clock. His timing is infinite. There's no beginning and no end to his clock. He doesn't have like one of these and have to wind his clock. And he was, David was willing to do all his will all the time. It doesn't mean you're perfect. Come on now. Remember, David messed up. Remember last week, he messed up. And you're going to mess up. Don't let the mess up stop you from progressing forward. He was after my own heart. He was willing to do all my will. And if he fell, you know what he did? He got back up. He got back up. God knew he was willing. God knew he was willing. Does anybody else have this... Um, all the men out there, maybe the women too. The, the preacher pack, is anybody else desiring to have like a preacher pack someday? Just someday I'm gonna wake up, it's gonna be there. You know, you take the, you know, abs. You know, nobody knows what abs are? Come on, come on, anybody know what abs are? They're the muscles that support the core of your body so you don't fall over in your back and everything. You know, anybody, anybody just, just wish like this one day you just look in the mirror and it's like, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I've gone to Amazon, Erica. They got fast shipping. They've got $10 pills. They've got $20 powders. They've got, anybody else do this? I'm the only weirdo. Come on, come on. Anybody else trying to find that pill, right, to get the preacher pack? If I just do it overnight, it'll be there when I wake up. It'll be like something in a movie. Uh-uh, there's no shortcut, shortcut to dedication, hence flab, okay? 
It happens. It's old age, I guess, for me. I don't know. Someday, if I could just find a pill. No, God says, put in the work. Put in the work. Change your diet. Do some exercises. I sit on the computer all the time. That doesn't help none. Why are my eyes fatigued? Because you never stop taking your eyes off digital content. Look at people. Pastor, oh, wow. You mean I should change my active behavior to get different results? Yes, says God. And David knew that God, uh, God knew that David was willing to do that. When no one else wanted to face the giant, that takes work. I don't want to work for it. Got to work for it. Remember, when there's vision, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like purpose. Who wants to find their purpose with God? Who wants to really see change in their life? Who wants to see something different and not look at this like it's a show, but look at it like it's the word coming into your heart. And when the word roots, life is born. That's what, that's what we want to see as a church because that's contagious. When, when there's no life to it, it doesn't grow. It doesn't grow until there's life to it and it will start taking shape. And that purpose is what evolves the reason. It's, it's the preparation that makes ready God's delivery. It's the preparation. David had been killing bears, remember, before he fought Goliath. It was preparation. God will prepare you if you're willing to go. If God gives you something that you prayed for and you're not ready to receive it, it can feel like a burden, a weight. It can feel heavy. It's not meant to. You need to be prepared to receive what you think is the greatest thing you're asking for. Be careful what you ask for. You've heard that. You want to be prepared for what you ask for. Are you preparing in order to handle what you pray to receive? I think we've all been in that boat. Conversion from shepherd to king wasn't overnight. Neither is God's vision for you. It's not overnight. It takes preparation, pruning, growing, gardening, harvesting, cultivating. It takes seasons. And growing in that spiritual maturity is how you will learn to defend against the enemy's attacks. I'm not talking about a man with pitchfork and horns jumping out. I'm talking about the devil using people to put bad seeds from the past in your mind. And then you just, you just rake yourselves over the coals because you feel, like, you feel like you took out Uriah like David. And so I can't serve God no more because I, I, I'm despicable. I, 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 guess what? Take, it, take I out of the conversation. God didn't say it's how you feel. He said, it's about my will. It's not how you feel. Guess what? Your feelings go like this. Your emotions for stuff go like this. You can do something you love, and one day you might not feel the same. And it goes up and down. It goes, comes and goes. You don't, you don't walk by feelings. You walk by faith. God's will doesn't change. It doesn't waver under the pressure of feelings. It doesn't have moods. It doesn't change. So we have to adapt. And that's why David was so moldable. When we start doing that, we will learn to get ahead. Instead of being in the past, waiting, always trailing behind, we will learn to live ahead of our calling. God desires you pursue ahead of your purpose. David was acting as king before he got the crown. He was acting as king before he got the crown. He was witnessing the Bible before he became a preacher. He was, he was feeling the weight of ministry, of needing lost hearts coming to the Lord before he said, I wanna do this. 
It takes getting ahead and acting now, waiting on a signal from the heavens to fall on you because God won't often answer that way. Get ahead now. And when the culture comes to receive you, you already know what it's about. You had already seen the movie at that stage. Get ahead. Touch your neighbor, tell them, get ahead. Pursue tomorrow like it's right now. Pursue tomorrow like there isn't one, like it's right now. Pursue time with your children like they won't be here tomorrow, like it's right now. Because guess what? When tomorrow happens, eventually they're going to be grown. Pursue it now. Pursue what you want from God later now. Quit waiting because waiting doesn't fix anything. God says, live ahead, act as you are, and the crowd will crown you later. I already crowned you, so do my will. Get ahead. Culture adapts to you then, but God is using you now. How many procrastinators are in the room? Is it just me? A lot of hands. We can fix that. You know habits are breakable. You know bad habits are breakable. You know bad habits can be like bad seed in a garden. Did you know if you keep letting the seed grow in your garden, you're going to have a hard time producing anything good because you let the bad seed keep suffocating. Or maybe the thorns, or maybe it goes by the wayside, on and on, or maybe it gets scorched by the sun. You got to feed it good things. You can replace bad habits with good ones. And if procrastinating is your habit, ask God to say, let me just do something. I'll quit waiting to move a mountain and I'll start just walking up the hill. How about that? I'll quit waiting for the mountain to move and I'll just start walking up the hill. That's what happened to me. It's the greatest moment of my life. Struggled 10 years figuring out. I, I grew up doing music. And when music didn't work the way I planned, I kind of felt lost. I mean, I knew Jesus and everything, but as people know, I wasn't in a relationship with Jesus and there's a difference. I can know my wife, I know who she is, but if I don't love her and take care of her as her husband, what kind of husband am I? That's not a relationship. And it took years of seeking God's will and God, what do you want me to do? And finally, God used a man, thankful, I call him dad, because he's, well, he's my dad. And, and he, he can be your father too. Like everybody needs mentors, right? But he's my mentor and he's my, my dad. He said, just start doing something. Quit worrying about what it is. If it's good, do it. God will change the path. And you think I would have thought of this, but I was 30 something years old and I had never thought about that because I had to plan the end from the beginning and that's not faith. I had to know where it was going before how it would start. That's not faith. David didn't say, well, what if the giant falls on me because he weighs 400 pounds and I'm David, the coffee maker, shepherd boy, water boy at the side of the field. What if the giant falls on me? He said, no, I'm going to kill the giant. That's all that matters. God's got the rest. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's how you fix procrastination. Quit, quit dwelling on what God said. Just go do my will. Just go do something good. If you don't know what to do, do something good. If you don't want to pray, sing a song of praise. Just thank me. Just do something. Start with a pebble. Start with a mustard seed. A mustard seed of faith will move the mountain. When it takes shape, starts as a seed, becomes a mountain that has moved a decade later. Get ahead. I'm not waiting anymore on my destiny. I'm living it right now. 
get ahead. Start living like the kingdom is ready for you right now because it needs you right now. We're in a world of people who don't know Jesus Christ and it needs each and every one of you right now to witness the good news of Christ and what he did on the cross for them. It's getting lost. It is. Right now is what produces tomorrow's crown. Get ahead. Live like you were purchased by the blood. Show others the value of what that blood means. It means something. It's sacred. Remember the sacred part of the word. The word is sacred. It's fun to have all the cool bells and whistles, but if we lose what is sacred in the word, we don't have a ministry. I can't sleep at night if I don't give you the transparent truth of the word of God. And trust me, sometimes it would just be easier to tell you everything you wanted to hear. But if I hid the word from you, I'd be lying to God. And I have a heart, I have a heart, a guilt of conscience. I couldn't, when I was a kid, I'd tell on myself. Anybody else do that? I'd be so guilty. I'd tell my mom I did something bad instead of lying. Because I had a, I had a heavy conscience. But that's what you want. You want a transparent pastor you want transparent people in your church you want to be transparent with the word of God through love and grace and plant seed I was blood bought I was blood bought and so are you I'm king of my house but God's king of my life because I was blood bought I was bought something that money can't buy you think Justin Bieber's got it all? He, I think he's just figuring out what it all is now because he recognized he was blood-bought, that all the Lamborghinis in the world couldn't fix that void until he recognized he was blood-bought. God help him, Kanye West is maybe recognizing he was blood-bought. He's tasted it all. Here's a guy declaring that he was God in some of his music, and now he's saying, I'm blood-bought. Actions speak. Let's see what happens. Because actions speak what's in here. You with me? I'm blood-bought. And my life of action is my witness. They said the Holy Spirit is the witness in us of Christ. God's Spirit came in us when he offered up his Spirit on the day of Pentecost going forward. Now we have this plan of regeneration offered to us. And our life is to be a witness to others, to show his witness. My life is my witness. And if my witness doesn't match my words, something's out of sync. Because I don't have to talk when my life is truly my witness. I don't have to say anything. You, can, you know, we've got some very faithful, dedicated people that don't talk a whole lot. But you can tell by their life, the way they walk, the way they interact. Their life is their witness. And I'm not waiting on my destiny. I'm living it right now. Anointing David king did not make him king to God. Anointing you king by the people did not make you king. God already declared you to be King David. David in your OS shirt. Thank you for representing my brother. That's our King David. If anybody don't know David, he's our king. He's a fighter. And he's always representing. He's representing the one C shirt right now. He's got one C hat. The guy is a walking brand for the church we appreciate that but it's because something happened in his heart it's not because he's getting sponsorship off it he's not getting kickbacks from the church he's getting nothing but the blessings of God is what you're getting 
His life is his witness. My life is to be a testimony for the real king, Jesus. That's who my life is to be a testimony for. Your life is like this blueprint. You know, like, uh, anybody ever built a house? Anybody? Anybody had a blueprint drawn? What happens with the blueprints? If you don't see it right, what do you do? You tell the architect to make it wrong. So you, you draw up the blueprint wrong, okay? It's not, it's not because the plan to build the house or whatever it is you're building was wrong and not had a, had a great outcome. It's because you didn't see it right. You didn't see it right. So the blueprint takes a few drafts and a few drafts and they change and they're not perfect. But God's plan is perfect and it's to be made perfect through imperfect drafts and blueprints until you see it right. And unfortunately, a lot of times you got to correct the blueprint in order to see, well, I didn't really want that on the house. Oh, I didn't know that a roof cost this much to have that kind of t- the 12, 12 roof. Man, you know what it costs to fix that thing? Oh, maybe should we do the roof? You know, the gables are too, you know, you know, God, that's how God looks at you, but we don't see it. So we're adjusting God's blueprint. We're changing what we think God wants us to be. And, and God's saying, I had it right to begin with. You're just not seeing it, but you will. You have to make small changes to make big leaps. And eventually, the blueprint will come to fruition. If y'all could stand this morning, as we wrap up this Man in the Mirror series, a look at King David. We didn't sign up for perfection as Christians. We signed up for correction. We didn't sign up to be perfect. We signed up to be clay. God wants clay, not perfect beings because we're human and as long as we're human just like David we're going to slip it's that willingness to move forward our willingness to be used by God corrects our path and redirects our blueprint redirects our heart leave a Christ legacy in everything you do that will last for eternity when you leave here today say what's my legacy what do I want it to be about what do I want my life to represent when I'm gone in the fame of people knowing me for whatever is gone what will God use that I planted what is my legacy my destiny everybody let's say this together my destiny has already been determined for I was destined for God's greatness. My destiny has already been determined because I was destined for God's greatness, period. Amen. Come on, let's give him a round of praise right now if you believe that. Some of this is new to you all. Some of you don't know what it's like to be like David. And that's okay because you weren't meant to be David. You were meant to be you. God wants you to be you. So this morning, I want you to check your heart and say, what am I doing for Jesus? I'm being faithful coming to church. I'm praying. I'm going to pray with my kids. I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try listening to some different music maybe. See, see, I don't, I don't like that stuff, but now I like it. It can, like it grows on me. I'm going to try some new things. I'm going to try to be a blessing to someone this week. I'm going to try to do something that's not about me. I'm going to try to have a conversation this week where I am not the center of it. God, use me and I will go. Make me a vessel, Lord. Mold my clay into your perfect plan. If we could pray.
pray right now if you could all bow your heads with me as we wrap up. Man in the mirror, God, you have shown us that if David, a shepherd boy, can be king of the world, can be king of Israel, can do your will through all the pitfalls, that you can make us king of your perfect plan for our life if we are willing. It's all about our willing heart to yield to your greater purpose, God. And we are no longer going to wait for tomorrow. We are going to create tomorrow because of our active steps right now. We're going to build this church into something people have never seen before in this St. Charles County that nobody knows what the word of God is anymore because they've forgotten the the sacredness and it's going to pierce their heart, God, and we're going to see something different and we're going to see revival and things happen that have never happened before. God, we believe your word to come true. We are going to shape into what you want us to be. It's going to take time. It's going to take grit. It's going to take consistency, but we have the energy because the Lord is my shepherd and he is my strength and I shall not fall and drown in the waters when God is leading my steps. God, have your way on this church. Let us plant a seed, God, and grow your will in this community and if the house of God can say, in Jesus' name, amen.